often. Faith becomes more about who is in and who is out or about who belongs and who does not. But in order for spirituality to be good for anyone, it has to be good for everyone. In this podcast, we find incredible people using their faith and life as a catalyst for goodness in this world. Be inspired to discover your own goodness in order to make your life, your family, your community, and your world better. Welcome to the Chasing Goodness Podcast. Great to be with you as always. I'm your host, Matt Kinzer. Going to do a solo episode today, and I'm just going to talk about some things that have been on my heart lately, especially in regards to kind of the movement of our culture, and that includes faith, but it includes a lot of other things as well. And as we've been having so many conversations about so many different things, and as we're seeing this actually pretty exciting movement forward in our world and especially in the area of faith and the way that we think about faith and the way we think about religion and church and all of those things. There's been some things that I've been seeing that I would say bring up a fair amount of concern. And when you look at this historically, it seems founded. So my biggest concern is that we're just going to continue in the cycle of destruction that has happened kind of throughout our entire history as a, you know, a history of faith, history of the world, whatever, is that so often we think we have the next great idea or we think we're in the midst of a movement, which that's, I think that is the case right now. I think we're in the midst of a, a movement of some sort away from what used to be towards something else. But my fear is that we're just going to create a different version of the same thing. More specifically, my fear is not that we won't see change or not that we won't see things better in a lot of ways, but some of my fear is simply that we're going to, maybe we'll do something brand new, right? Maybe we'll do some things that have never been seen before in the area of faith. But if our if our intentions and if the way we do that isn't any different in the way that we did other things, aren't we going to just end up with a different version of the same thing? And isn't that just going to cause just as much, much destruction down the line? And so you'll understand more of what I'm talking about as I unfold this a little bit. But one of the things I've been learning to do is to always start a question with myself and then after I, after I flush that out kind of in my own heart and in my own being, then take that to the next step, which is thinking about it in the context of relationship, relationship right around me. So we'll, we'll kind of make that, that, that route today. And then beyond that, asking the bigger question of how does this affect everybody? How does this affect the universal whole? And so really what we're trying to do is figure out how do we avoid some dangerous cycles that we've seen throughout our own lives, throughout our relationships, and throughout our world. And we'll talk about that in general, but of course, this has a backdrop of faith. And so let's start by talking about personally, okay? A lot of times we want to change all the world's problems, but we're not so willing to change ourselves. <laughs> a lot of the times we want to fix things without actually being honest with ourselves. And so then what often happens is we create things, we create systems, we create churches, we create organizations. But if we haven't done the hard work of working on our own heart and our own selves, 
then often what happens is we have that same attitude in just a different space, but it's going to have the same result. So one of the things that I've been thinking a lot about in regard to myself is, is how do I, how do I keep myself out of destructive cycles in my own personal life? Now I'm the type of person that I always think, I mean, for me, like the next idea is the best idea. I always thinking towards the future. I don't like to spend too much time overanalyzing the past. I was talking to a, a friend just about the reality last week that, you know, so many times in my life I've gone from one thing to the next and I don't stay connected with what that, that past thing was because I'm just so focused on what's next. But as you move forward in life, and I'm in my mid-40s, as you continue to move forward in your life, you will start to see patterns and the quicker you can identify those patterns in your life the better and so i get really excited i've got two teenage kids i get really excited when they identify some things that they want to work on on themselves because man that is just never anything i even consider when i was 16 and 19 like my kids are i i didn't even care and so the earlier we can start having these thoughts these conversations these ponderings within the context of who we are, the better. And I'm all for trying to become the best version of ourselves. And wanting to become the best version of ourselves is a really good thing. I hope that everybody listening has that same desire. But here's, here's a little bit of a revelate, talking about this idea of avoiding destructive cycles. Here's one thing that I feel like I've discovered really just in this past year, and it's taken me this long to figure it out. We're always trying to figure out our true self and our false self, right? We're trying to figure out what part of ourself is authentic and what parts of ourself are, you know, uh, affected by the world around us and what part of ourself is just trying to get things for our own personal gain or whatever. And so there's pieces of all of us that are consistent in our lives that we probably don't like so much. And so for some people, uh, let me just flush this out a little bit. For some people, you may feel like you're never smart enough. Maybe that's your thing and you've tried and tried and tried to overcome that, but no matter what you do, no matter what you accomplish in life, you just you just always feel like the dumb person in the room. For others of you, maybe you just feel unlovable. No matter how many people you have in your life that say they love you, like you live with this this sense of feeling unlovable. Maybe you feel like uh, my specific situation, maybe you feel like people are just going to abandon you all the time. Maybe that's the thing that you live with and you're just waiting for the next person to leave. Now, you can try all you want to figure out where that comes from and that's probably good work to do, work that I'd encourage you maybe even to do with a counselor or a really good friend or something like that. And identifying it is really the important part. So I realize that there's this piece of me maybe a couple years ago, I realized there's this piece of me that just sits around waiting for people to leave. And then I live assuming that they're going to leave, which then affects my relationships. So I've spent the last couple of years of my life trying to fix this part of me. And then I get to this point in my life after having worked on it for a couple of years, realizing that I still struggle with the exact same thing with the exact same amount of intensity. 
and I will hear somebody say something and I'll assume it means something in regard to them not wanting to be around me or whatever. You know, I can, I can bend anything to fit into that big insecurity that I have. And then I was talking, actually, the morning I'm recording this, I was talking to a counselor, not my own counselor, just somebody that is a counselor as a profession. And they had mentioned this exact same thing. And they just said, you know, that will likely never change for our whole lives. And he was identifying what it is for him. And I said, no, this is what it is for me. And identified, you know, there's this thing. And we, again, I think we all have our thing and it affects all of our lives. But I don't think no matter how hard we work on it, that it's going to get better. And so here's where the piece comes where I think we can avoid destructive behaviors and destructive cycles in our own lives. It's not about getting rid of that thing that in so many ways is just a part of you. It's knowing that it's there and accepting that it's there that will help us not to continue into cycles. Because in my life, so much of my life has been trying to respond to this this belief of people, you know, kind of using me and leaving me. So much of my life has been that. But also, so much of my life, so the counselor I was talking to, he said, it'll either ruin you or it will reward you, probably both in your lifetime. And so those insecurities that we all have, there's going to be moments in our life where it can take us down a really dark path. You know, it can take you into some, some spaces that are really unhealthy, But on the other side of that, working through that insecurity, dealing with that insecurity on a daily basis can also be a part of making you in to the best form of yourself that is possible. And so I think the way that we avoid destructive cycles in our own life is acceptance of those pieces of ourselves that maybe we don't like but maybe that are going to be with us for our entire lives. And so now that I walk around aware that this, because for so much of my life, I just avoided it. For so much of my life, I chose not to even think about it or identify it even. Now I know it's there. So now when somebody says something that hits on that insecurity, I can, it's almost like I almost visualize it. It's like I grab that statement that was said or I grab that action that was done And it's like I look at it in the face. It's like that Bible verse that says, hold every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. You know, it's almost like grab that thought, grab that statement that was said. Look at it. Remember that that person probably wasn't trying to hurt you. And then you grab that thing and you say, what's true about this? Okay, don't take it in the scope that they're going to abandon. You just try to take it outside of that. And how will that make a difference? Because if I live my entire life assuming that people are going to abandon me, and then I hear and see everything in that light, I am not going to be a very healthy version of myself, which I've seen over the years of my life. I can trace my life back and say, hey, those are some unhealthy things. But the flip, so that's where it can ruin you, right? It can ruin you if you let it. It can also reward you because if you know it's there and you can grab those things and see them for what they are and call them out for what they are and work to continue through life, even though you have these insecurities, which are very much a part of you, then you can actually accomplish beautiful things. And you can actually ask yourself the question like, hey, maybe this thing is actually helping me become productive in this world at the same time. 
because my feeling, you know, here's, here's one of the things like my feeling of worrying about people leaving me helps me to be fiercely independent and the type of work that I do requires me to be fiercely independent. And so I don't know if I'd be able to do what I do today for a living and in so many other ways without that fear of people leaving me. And so I have to ask that question of like, if I didn't have this, which so often I've just prayed it away or wanted, I wished it away. If it wasn't there, would I be able to be the person? Would I really be able to be fully who I am? And so the, the personal thing that I want to challenge everybody to do today is to identify. And I tell you, when I've seen people identify it, it's amazing. Like the eye-opening experience that happens of like, oh, okay, I'm filtering everything through that. So now that I know that, I can change how I live my life. And it has just crazy abilities to adjust your life as a whole. And so the challenge that I have for you in avoiding some unhealthy cycles in your own personal life is identify, and it's almost always a thing. Maybe for some of you, it's a couple things, but usually it's like one thing that overrides everything else. This insecurity that's always been there for as long back as you can think, and it's there today no matter how hard you've worked at it. So identifying this thing, accepting it as a piece of who you are, and using it to be a reward to this world as opposed to allowing it to ruin you because it can do equal parts of both. But my hope is that as we identify, as we look at it, as we see it, as we know it, then it will end up being more of a reward and less of a ruin to your life. But again, likely as you look at your life, you'll be able to look back and say, oh yeah, that ruined some things in my life. But now that I'm grabbing it and I'm identifying it and I'm not trying to avoid it and I'm not trying to have it not be a part of my life, I'm just accepting it on some level, then you can allow that to be the reward in your life. So I was talking to a guy who said for him, it was he always just felt stupid. And now, now he is a person who's a professor at a university and everybody that I know that knows him describes him as brilliant because he's used that insecurity and his ability to try to overcome that insecurity has ended up putting him in a place where he's, he's, he is a brilliant man, but he'll tell you to this day that he still struggles with feeling dumb. He still struggles with feeling stupid. And the other thing that's interesting, right, is that so often that's the case. Like that insecurity that you have is something that's unique to you. And if you look around you, most of the people that know you well <laughs> describe you as the opposite of that insecurity, right? So it's, it's amazing. It's just, it's, it's mind blowing to me how that is the case. So we have the sense of ourselves and other people and likely it's because we've done the healthy work of, of getting to the reward of that as opposed to letting us, letting it ruin us. And so we can get to the point where people actually see, because we have to work to kind of overcome that, right. Or work within the context of it, that we become people that, you know, put out into the world, something that's opposite of the thing that we're struggling with in our heart. And maybe part of that is because we want so desperately for everybody else around us not to have to struggle with that thing that we struggle with. So we almost overemphasize that with our kids, with our friends, with our spouses, etc. It's fascinating. But I really think that if we can do that work, it's a, it's a really foundational piece of keeping us from continuing to do destructive behaviors in our life. So that's the first thing. That's how we can do it with ourselves. That's our personal work that we can do to help avoid some unhealthy cycles in our life. 
right, the next thing really piggybacks off of what I just talked about within our own personal life. But the next thing is we have to ask ourselves the question of how do we avoid creating unhealthy cycles in our relationships? And I'm really talking specifically the people who are closest to you. We're talking your kids. We're talking your spouse. We're talking your close friends, maybe your coworkers as well. How do we make sure that we avoid unhealthy cycles within the context of our relationships? I think the best thing that we can do is to stop thinking that everything is about us. <laughs> right? How many times within the, and I'm, again, I'm talking about the relationships closest to you. How many times do you get offended at what somebody's saying because you think it's a direct hit against you? But when you step back and think about it, really, it probably isn't. I'm the. I'm telling you, I'm more guilty of this than 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 most. I so often think the world revolves around me. I so often think that everybody, everything that somebody says has something to do with me. And so then if they say something that hits against my insecurity, I it, it messes with that relationship. And one of the realizations I've had actually fairly recently was that, hey, it's actually not all about me. Like every human in my life is going through their own stuff and they're just talking, they're just processing, they're just communicating and it's awfully prideful of me to think that that whatever they just said has any sort should have any sort of direct effect on me or like they're they're so focused on me that they're saying that thing to say do some sort of weird undercut to hurt my feelings right it's ridiculous but a lot of times when i've seen unhealth in the context of my relationships it boils down to that one thing i'm too focused on myself i'm too focused on thinking that everything has to do with me and it just it just doesn't that's just not true it doesn't have much so often it doesn't have anything to do with me so that's kind of the first piece of this relational piece number one is make sure that we realize that not everything that's said not everything that's done has to do with us <laughs> most of the times it doesn't most of the time we think we're way more important than we actually are and that's the pot calling the kettle black because when i say we i'm talking about myself so often i think i'm way more important than i actually am it's not that i'm not important but sometimes I think I'm more important than I actually am. So that's that's the first piece. But then the second piece is, and again, we're talking about the people closest to us. Getting to the point where we feel comfortable enough to saying out loud the things that 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 feel hurtful or the, the things that that hit against that insecurity. And so again, I'll just use my own story. I, you know, with this feeling of, of believing that people are going to abandon me, sometimes people will say it like my wife could say something and I'll hear it as like, oh, you actually don't want to be married to me or, oh, you're going to leave me. Or I'll hear my kids say something that make me think like, oh, they, they, they would much rather have somebody else as their father or you, you get the picture, right? Somebody could say something that's just very vanilla. It doesn't have much to do with anything, but because of my insecurity, I'll hear it as a direct hit against me, which will then make me a little bit angsty against that person or maybe make me respond in some unkind ways. And that really can affect our relationships. And so the first piece is, is of course, not thinking that everything is about us. And then the second piece is just being strong enough and open enough and vulnerable enough, something I'm horrible at, to say 
when when something has affected us. And so now, you know, somebody can say something to me, whether it's a whoever it is, you know, they'll say something and it hurts. And so I take some time to like feel what whatever that was, right? I feel it. I identify what it was. I identify why it made me feel that way. And then I do the hard work of going back to that person in an appropriate time and saying, hey, I am so positive that this was not your intention. But when you said that, it made me feel like this simply because of my insecurity of this. All right. So I'm not saying that that person did anything wrong. I'm just helping them to see a little bit deeper into who I am. I'm allowing them to see a little bit more clearly of who I am, not because I want them to respond differently toward me, but maybe as they learn more about me, they'll learn to use words because again, these are the people that I'm living with every day. They'll use, learn to use words that that are easier for me to understand and will actually get across whatever they're trying to say better as well. And this is a two-way street, right? Because there's so many times when I'm going to say something. And I was talking to my, my youngest child just last week and they were frustrated about that exact same situation. They were saying, you know, somebody said something and it, it, um, it kind of, it, it was hurtful to them. And so I said, isn't it interesting that we always think that people are against us when we get hurt like that? But the truth is they probably weren't trying to say anything hurtful. It just was hurtful because of who you are. And then I turned it back around on them and I said, hey, have you ever had a time when you said something to one of your friends and they got offended and you didn't think it was a big deal at all because you didn't intend, you weren't trying to be hurtful. And then it was kind of a light bulb moment because they're like, yes. And then they told me this huge story about when that happened with one of their friendships. And I said, see, that just shows that it's not, people don't go, especially the people that love us, they're not going around with the intention of hurting us. Not at all, right? And so I think that within the context of our relationship, just those two simple things can keep us from unhealthy cycles. If we identify that it's not always about us and that when something is hurtful, even on a small minor level, that we can voice it, but we don't just voice like, hey, you hurt me when you said this. You say, hey, when you said that, I'm confident that you weren't trying to hurt me. But because I struggle with abandonment, when you said it, deep inside me, I heard this, which I'm so confident wasn't true, but I just wanted to let you know that it was hurtful. So if you saw me shut down or if you saw me react inappropriately in that situation, that's why. And so then we're just, we're on this long journey of learning about one another because I sure hope that the people that are closest with you will be the closest to you for a lifetime. And those people are going to be with you for the long haul or at least a good chunk of your life. So let's learn about each other and let's learn how to best communicate and best love one another. Now, I don't want us to to overthink all of this. I don't want us to be in just our normal conversations and just be like, ah, I don't want to offend Matt. I don't want to No, I just want us to kind of naturally learn. And, and like I was telling my, my, my kiddo, I said, you know, <laughs> this is, people are going to mess up and they're going to mess up over and over and over again. But the hope is that we get better. The longer that we're with each other, the more we learn about each other, that we get better at this relationship thing. All right, the final piece that I wanna talk about today, so we've talked about kind of the personal work 
And then we've talked about some relational work. And, you know, this podcast is usually under 30 minutes. And so I'm just giving you some bullet points here that you can think about, add to whatever works for you. This is just my own personal journey that I am hopeful on some way, shape or form is helpful to anybody who may be going through something similar. But the last thing is looking at this on a large scale, right? Looking on this on a, a large cultural, large kind of worldwide scale, we're seeing some some things that are really positive and encouraging. You know, think about, let's talk specifically about faith right now, okay? So we're seeing uh, kind of a bit of a mass exodus away from what used to be, away from the way that organized religion used to be. So for whatever reason, at this point in history, we're seeing this mass exodus, but it's not a running away. It's a reevaluating. You know, we hear those words deconstruction all the time. It's like breaking things down. And now we're really starting to see people starting to rebuild some things. And it's like we're in the midst of this grand experiment. It's so fun to be in the line of work that I am because I'm hearing about so many people trying so many different things. And some of them will work and some of them won't. But the, the trying piece is so healthy, right? And the trying piece is how we're going to figure out how to be better, how we're going to express our faith, how we're going to be in faith communities better. I think just experimenting is going to get us to some healthy spaces. But there's also some things that I'm seeing that are, are concerning even as new things come into play. And these are some of the cycles that I'm worried are going to repeat themselves. The first thing, and, and honestly, this is probably the thing I'm, I'm most worried about, is that we, and gosh, I don't think it's like the, the horrible thing, but we, we, uh, we tend to like to put people on pedestals, right? And so we tend to put people up here, and I'm all about having people that we look up to. I'm all about people that influence us. I think that's healthy. But if we grab a handful of people and we put them above everybody else's. These are the knowledge people. These are the people that are leading us to this next whatever. Again, leadership is, is positive, but if we put all of the emphasis on the shoulders of a few, then, then it's almost like we're giving ourselves a pass and we're not doing the work that we have to do and then we elevate these people and then these people get too much of a say in the overall movement that we're all in the midst of. And then we have the same destructive cycle because when we put too much power in the hands of too few, it always goes bad. Hashtag all of history forever. So that's one of the things I want to be aware of is that if we're on this movement together of faith moving forward, it has to be all hands on deck. What are we all doing? And I'm not putting any undue pressure on you to start something or do anything. Just just take a standpoint of of. Yeah, let's be influenced by people who have good ideas. Let's be influenced by people who are writing some good books and things like that. But let's not put them on a pedestal. Let's remember that they're just ordinary people just like ourselves. Because if we all just treat people like human beings and we all just fill our, our role, and I know that's what the church has been saying forever, but it hasn't actually worked out in reality. So I think that's one of the biggest things that we have to be careful of doing. If we change... Hmm. If we change why we're doing what we're doing, but we still do it in the same ways, we're going to end up with some of the same destructive results. 
And so we need to change the heart behind what we're doing. And I also believe we need to change the methodology behind what we're doing. And we have to be very careful not to slip into what's comfortable to us. In a faith-based structure, what has become comfortable to almost all of us is that we put the power in the hands of a few and we listen to them and we learn from them. It's good to listen and learn from other people, but when we put all the power in the hands of a few, we're going to have a problem and then we're going to have this destructive cycle. The other fear, so that's that's fear number one that I have, is that we're going to continue to pile too much in the hands of too few. That does not mean they're bad people. All the people I'm seeing that are, are in these places of leadership, almost everyone that I've met in those spaces right now that, that people are trying to put up on pedestals, they're really good people. My fear is that if too much much power is put in their hands or if too much is put on their shoulders or on their plate, they will crumble underneath that weight because that is just human nature. And many of us have experienced that firsthand in our own lives, in the lives of people around us. The other thing that we have to be really careful about is we, and this is weird to me, but we live in this very individualistic culture, right? You be you, be your own self, blah, blah, blah. And and I love that. I, I want us to be our own, you know, we talked about this in the very beginning of the podcast, like be your true, authentic, beautiful self. That's what we want. Uh, that's what all of us should want individually, right? But when it comes to a religious setting, we just throw all that individualism out the door and we want everybody to do and believe and think the same. Now, this is what got us into this mess is this kind of feeling. And again, I'm talking specifically about religion, but we could apply this to a lot of other things. When we talk about faith, when we talk about religion, it's gotten really toxic when there's been this expectation for everybody to believe the same way. You know, you can take the you know Christianity, evangelical Christianity. Uh, you gotta you gotta believe that the Bible is perfect and it's the Word of God and nothing in there is incorrect. You have to believe in a certain way to think about heaven and hell and who's in and who's out, right? And then believing the same is kind of what created the community, but that's not healthy because then you have an in group and you have an out group, and that's not good for our world at all. And so. As we move forward, we need to try to do a good job of having healthy community coming together, but we need to take away the expectation that we all think alike, right? We have to take away that expectation that we all believe the same way. And we have to start taking on, and I don't like to say have to about much of anything, but I really feel that way about this, that we have to start respecting each other's individual thoughts, beliefs, and voices. And one of the things I like to, to, to say to people is simply that I want you to believe what you want. And I want you to believe that for whatever reason has brought you to that place. But the evaluation tool that we should all use surrounding our faith is, is it making me, is my faith, is Matt's faith making him a more beautiful and loving person? Because I think faith and our belief in God at the very foundation has to create and be about love. And so I have to ask myself the question, is what I believe, is that causing me to be more loving? Is it causing me to be the best version of myself? And then the other question is, is it causing me to bring beauty and love into the world? Right? So is it bringing out the best form of myself? And is that person, is Matt, 
bringing into this world love and beauty or is he bringing in this world judgment or hatred or whatever you know fill in the blank of unhealthy things and i think too often if we make it about everybody thinking the same that's the cycle that we have to break because if everybody thinks the same then suddenly you start to think like you've got the corner on the truth and when you think you got the corner on the truth then everybody else doesn't you're right they're wrong then we've got a problem and I was talking to my dad the other day and, and it was awesome because he's like, hey, whatever we're talking about, we can be talking about abortion or same-sex marriage or any of these hot-button issues. And he said, and I might have a completely different perspective than another person, but I want them to believe how they believe for whatever reason that they believe that. And we can have actually have good relationships even though we don't believe the same thing. It's almost like, you know, I wanna respect you and love you and care for you as your true authentic individual self and I don't need you to be like me for me to love you or care for you to be friends with you or to be in your community. But that, that takes an immense, immense amount of humility. Like an immense amount of humility. Which is, I think, maybe the, the bottom line here. In order for things to go forward in a healthy way, in order for us not to create destructive cycles or, or continue to, to adhere to destructive cycles, we need to enter into whatever this next phase of life and spirituality and Christianity and faith and religion is. We need to enter in without a... a without a feeling of needing to be right or wrong, but just a, a feeling of humility, of just just being okay with disagreement and, and still caring for people, even if they don't think like, like we do. And, and if anything, we have this great opportunity right now. You know, we can look at division and say it's so horrible, which it is, but it's also a great opportunity because we have an opportunity to, to befriend, to care for, to love people who think very differently than us. And if we take the time to actually try and do that, what we'll discover is these aren't people who are evangelicals or Republicans or Democrats or Catholics or whatever. These are just human beings. And I think we need to remember, and this was part of my healing process. When I broke away from the evangelical church, I wanted to villainize all everybody that any, had anything to do with it. And I wanted to talk negative. I mean, listen to back to some of my podcasts earlier in the, in the lineup of these three years. And you'll hear some pretty angsty things that I said um, and that I believed in that moment to be true. And maybe in some level still believe some of those things to be true. But... At the end of the day, here's, here's the reality. I think almost all of us that care about our faith, we care about it because of how much it's affected us. Like my faith has been such a foundation to everything in my life since as far back as I can remember. It's so important to me. God is so important to me. Faith, the universe, all of this work, like it is so, so, so important to me. It's also important to a lot of other people in this world. And so we have to remember that even though we may not agree on everything, which we won't and we shouldn't, that what we're trying to do is on some level have any sort of understanding about this thing, this God, this universe that's meant so much to us. And so we're trying to express something that's meant so much to us. And yeah, we're going to get it wrong. Yeah, we're going to screw it up. Yeah, we're going to sometimes want people to believe like we believe. But it's not healthy and it just creates unhealthy cycles of destruction. And so if we really want to move forward, we need to honor everybody and say, hey, 
Like we're all trying here. We're trying, we're failing a lot, but we're trying. And because I know we're all trying, I don't need you to fit into what makes me comfortable. I just hope that as you try to comprehend faith, God, the universe, the divine, that as you do that, you do it in a way that brings out the best form of yourself and that brings the best out of the world around you. So let's work together to get rid of destructive cycles within ourselves, to get rid of destructive cycles within the context of our relationships, and then ultimately to get rid of destructive cycles that are in our faith communities, our circles, our world in general. And let's do it all with a beautiful sense of humility, love, and care for the other. As always, you can support this podcast by simply subscribing to it. That's the best thing you can do. You can give it a five-star rating, write a review if you want as well. That's helpful. And then you can find me on social media. Look for Matt Kinzera or Chasing Goodness on Facebook. And I'm also on Instagram at Matt Kinzera. But the most important thing is let's continue to do the work of chasing goodness together.